This episode of Star Trek Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium. It's ODD Auditorium. See what they did there? Exactly. Can you believe it? Or not? That's what they ask you to do every day. You step foot inside a wonderful, I will call it a entertainment mecca in Los Angeles, California. It's at Hollywood and Highland, the crossroads of entertainment. It is the number one sponsor for this podcast. So, guys, if you live in the Los Angeles area and you refuse to support us by doing a Patreon, the best thing you can do is support us by visiting our sponsor, the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium. It's two for $20 after 5.30 p.m. That's a buy one, get one offer. I know. It's a great deal. And it's a great place. And we're a great podcast. Help us all out by going there, telling them you heard about it on this show, and having a wonderful evening. Buy one, get one. $20 after 5.30 p.m. Believe it or not, here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to the number one Star Trek The Next Generation podcast that is talking about the nth degree in season four, episode 19 of Star Trek. That podcast, of course, is Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. There we go. We're in, guys. We're here. <laughs> really? It was like the Hulk ride at Orlando. <laughs> yeah, it just it shoots just you right sh- out of that little little rocket thing. I think this time it's going to work. I'm and saying, then it doesn't work. I'm saying that in theory because I've been too scared to ride that ride. But uh, I love the Spider-Man ride. I love that coaster. I once uh, rode it, uh, Joe, uh, Joe McDonough and I, we uh, took a four-day trip to Universal Studios, right? Not long after Islands of Adventure opened. Yeah. This would be the same year as the New York Blackout because that yeah, happened while sure. we were down there. Wow, that was a while ago. Uh, but uh, I believe we rode that roller coaster 16 times in one day. The Hulk? Yeah. Holy crap. But yeah. isn't it just beyond terrifying? I don't, it depends on what you're... I actually think you, it's one of the best you, coasters I've ever been I've never on. had this conversation. You love... I'm a roller coaster guy. I you love, love the scary ones. I'm See, I can't... Too. I don't think it's... That, it doesn't... Well, that's not know. scary. For me, me, I can go up to the mummy and, and anything the further than that... mummy is also a great coaster. It is, but anything further than that is not a pleasant experience for me. I can't handle it, really. I would say that the Hulk ride is not further than that. I think that's just... Uh, oh, you're it, crazy. It's right it there. goes straight up and down and uh, it, like feels like it goes into the water. Even sitting feels under it. Feels like it goes into the water. I don't know. Water. I'm looking at it. It goes, you know, it goes, it goes under it uh, into, uh, you know, under the water. Yeah, also, sure. Isn't it a loop-to-loop thing? It, there's a loop-to-loop, sure. There's yeah. a couple loops in Mummy. Forget it. No, there's no loops in Mummy. Yes, there is. Maybe in Orlando. I've only, I mean, I've oh, been on, I've been I've been on been both. Orlando. Well, the Orlando one's great. It's, it's great. It's twice as long as the I California know. one. I know. It's really weird. But I don't, I don't think there's a loop in it. Uh well, if, are you a designer of the mummy roller coaster? If so, please write in. Oh, if you're an Imagineer of any type, please befriend well, us. There's only one type of Imagineer, and they work for Disney, my oh, friend. Right, fine. Come on, 
Come on. If you're a universal year, <laughs> please. Terrible name. I but, know. Well, uh, I didn't make it up. That's what they call themselves. <laughs> it's so true. I've seen the paperwork. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Look, a big fan of The Islands of Adventure. It's a good, to- that's a good. If you're ever going to go to Universal Studios, I always say to people, just save a little extra money and buy those front of the line passes. They are so worth oh, it. Oh, so good. It's like having your own uh, plaid vest tour guide, but no one you have to awkwardly entertain. I went to both Disneyland and uh, Los Angeles Universal this week. Uh, any takeaways? Um, I got scared when I realized there were no Marvel characters at Universal, and I was like, wait a minute, are they going to shut down the Spider-Man ride, which I believe to be one of the greatest rides that was ever been made? They didn't shut it down. They just reskinned it. It's called the Transformers ride. It, no, no, no. It never I mean, existed out here. In Orlando. Oh, the Orlando one is still there. They have an exclusive Eastern Seaboard situation to those characters. Yeah. So I'll say this. I think that the Harry Potter ride was, and maybe it's different in Orlando. But it the is. one in L. Oh, it is yeah. from the one in in L. A. Yeah. Have you not ridden those out there? The Have you not been on the? No, Harry? I haven't been on those. Oh, you'll love it, you, especially when you take the train. What's different? To Hogwarts. Oh, nice. And you go um, into and you get a platform nine and three quarters, and then you take the train, and they do this whole thing. It's like very. It's such a cool uh, ride. They did that. That. Uh, train is actually in the spot that the old uh, Jaws ride used to be in. Oh, that's sort of disappointing. Yeah, it's gone. Um, the uh, the design of, of Hogsmeade is off the charts beautiful and perfect. Yeah. However, I'm a massive fan of the Spider-Man ride. I believe that the same people designed the Hogwarts ride, and I think the Hogwarts ride is kind of subpar. I gotta say it. I think that the Spider-Man ride's better, and the Transformers ride is the same as the Spider-Man ride. Yeah, except literally it's, the same. It's it's you're reliving Transformers, and who wants that? <laughs> we know one person. Um, but yeah, all right. That's theme park was minute with Michael Matt Bay. And was that, was that the, the person we know? <laughs> um, Matt, you, uh, you don't know Bumblebee. Oh, Bumblebee once our mutual, right there, our right? mutual friend Bumblebee <laughs> mutual friend Bumblebee it's uh, you know I don't even know if he likes me it's very hard to understand what his songs are communicating you know he speaks highly of you in uh, various lyrics from songs um, Matt Andy should they watch this episode the nth degree I'm a pro Barkley all the way so anytime Barkley's on I'm gonna say watch it that is reasonable um, and now if we might let's step into the Admirals Club not only if we might we must and in order to do that, I have to find the correct door. Here it is. <laughs> nope. Uh-oh. No, no, no. Sure? We started that in the president's circle. It's fine. Oh, we right. just walked into the Admirals Club. <laughs> we just—you you didn't know where we started. That's weird. The, the yeah. Hollow DJ in there created a, a hologram image of us being in the corridor. So uh, I was confused. It is really wacky. Are we truly out of that holodeck, or are we still in it? You never know. It's kind of a prank. Matt, how do they get into the Admiral's Club? Well, Andy, they just leave a five-star review on iTunes, uh, and then they're welcomed with open arms. It's Apple Podcasts, not iTunes. I forget. Our first Admiral admission is two balls floating, and he or she says, uh, one would assume he, but who knows, uh, get ready to fuckle the buck up. Uh, this podcast is just like if I was sitting at home watching this with friends. Yeah, on the show there is some bad writing. Yeah, there's some misogynistic writing. But what else would you expect from the great cuckoo bird? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My compliments to the chef. This mac and cheese is fantastic. That's, to the, that is funny. To the uh, really exceptional mac and cheese in the president's circle. Uh, and our second one is from Danny, House of Maw. 
who says, a pleasant diversion. I've taken an interest in this podcast. <laughs> I find it to be satisfactory. Thank you. That's a high, that's a high compliment. That's it. Oh, all right. Well, great. Then we can just head back into the door that we came out of, Andy, and mm. pop over to the president's circle. Great. Here we go. God, the uh, President Circle Holla DJ is playing Tom Petty's halftime show from Super Bowl 2032. I don't know. I guess it's in it's in theme because the Super Bowl of the Federation is this weekend. The big what is it? The the big what is the fucking martial art that Ambo like, Jitsu? The, the big Ambo Jitsu <laughs> tournament, everyone's favorite time of the year. The big championship Ambo Jitsu. Do they ever see them? These people watching some kind of giant sporting event together, or they're just always referring to ones in the past? Uh, you know, I think with the... There's more discussion of it, certainly, in, in uh, Barkley's... Uh, not Barkley. In Benjamin Sisko's love of... Baseball. Baseball. Uh, there's certainly... You know, remember that episode of... Um, of Voyager, where The Rock fought Seven of Nine? Mm-hmm. Sure. Some sort of ultimate fighting situation. Right. But yeah. that was on an alien planet. That wasn't on. But look, I mean, yeah, it was in the Delta Quadrant, but I have to assume the Alpha Quadrant has similar likes and dislikes. Mm, nice. Anyway, uh, our first Christopher Pike Medal of Valor awardee, so submitted simply by entering a comment or a question in the President's Circle subspace message thread every month. Uh, Hang on, I gotta talk to the holiday DJ. I think Tom Petty's a little too distracted. Yeah, it does seem this, a little for this, bit for this beautiful right. situation that we're in right now. Thank right. you. Holiday he was very DJ. realistic, though. It felt like yeah, he was no, singing I mean, right next was, to us. It was really like the halftime show was playing on a computer nearby. Yeah, great job, Hollow DJ. Um, our first is Lieutenant Keith Boydela, who or Badela. Um, and uh, he says, uh, if you guys could have written for any sitcom currently not on the air, which one would it be? If you, uh, if too hard to choose, top three is an acceptable answer. Currently not on the air. Arrested Development. Uh, Arrested Development. I would say Seinfeld. Cheers. Frasier. That's it. Those three. Cheers would be a great one. I'd say Cheers also. Hmm. Sitcoms. Let me ask this question. Okay. Do, am I traveling into the past or is the show being rebooted? I think it's whatever your choice is. Look, is if, the, if, the, if I'm traveling into the past, I'm going to go work on season one of Cheers uh-huh. with the knowledge of the 270 episodes that come after it. Because I'll be a master of breaking story <laughs> over there. like, that's cheating. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would definitely be curious to know what the Seinfeld room was like. And hmm. from what I hear... It was uh, yeah, a lot like what we were experiencing. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you had to wait for Larry and Jerry to get in there and interesting tinker, tinker. My, what I've spot. heard about the Arrested Development uh, room is that it was a little bit tricky. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of chaos and a lot of, uh, of uh, I mean, it was obviously, you know, it was all going in the direction of brilliance, but just a lot well, of endless look, personal hero, debating of directions. So good. So. Anyway, those are my two. Um, 
Uh, our next is Lieutenant Drew Parkinson, who says, how do you figure humans actually, I hope I haven't read this one already, came to the point of living in a currency-free society? Have I read this one yet? Uh, this sounds new to me. In the acquisition of wealth is no longer the driving force in our lives, mm-hmm. John Luke Picard. Yeah, he says uh, this in first contact. With only the reward of a job well done, it seems society would devolve into Rikering the nearest <laughs> hollow Orion 24-7. What's a hollow Orion? Rikering. Uh, I would assume he means Orion Slave Girl. Gotcha. Um, good, good catch or good, uh, good deducing. Could uh, pre-federation events, first contact, eugenics, wards, etc., um, really change that the ape that much? What do you think, Matt? How do you figure they? Wait, they got read to the last sentence to me again. Uh, Does I the think federation? Saying, I think it should change uh, humans want... that much. I believe is what the ape means. Okay. The ape? It says the ape. Change the ape. Oh, as in Homo sapiens Correct. being the ape. Yes. And does what change it? Could uh, pre-Federation events, first contact, eugenics, wars, etc., yeah. really change the ape that much to Look, not care uh, about money? I think if uh, first contact happened, it would be very helpful here because, you know, there's a lot of people still on this planet who don't believe the moon landing happened and also believe that the Earth is flat. And until uh, people can get outside of themselves and stop reading the fucking internet, we are always going to be a currency-driven society. <laughs> That's my feeling, too. It's very hard. It feels like there there must be some kind of. I know there's barter and stuff, but uh, but even that's not. It's like everything's available, right? Yeah. I think you still need to get like. Um, uh, maybe it just shows our our primitive natures that we can't even perceive it, conceive it. Yeah. My point is, it's far fetched. Is it the most far fetched thing in Star Trek? Maybe. <laughs> um, and with that. Uh, uh, oh wait yeah oh and the last one is Lieutenant Derek Hawkins who says uh, how about a Sequest DSV podcast in the Patreon hmm I'd do a Sequest pilot if I can find a good copy of it somewhere maybe it's like available streaming somewhere look here's the thing yeah. I, this whole changing of the of the Patreons back Shider and forth running he sure is okay. running the uh I mean, Sequest was always, to me, it was Star Trek and Underwater, uh-huh. and I, I loved Sequest, uh, mostly because it was sort of this peacekeeping force that was out for this utopia, you know, ideal, uh, science and knowledge over, say, a uh, last bit of humanity on one ship. Um, do you see the surface a lot in that show? Uh, do you see it a lot? Or not, at all. Not, not a lot, but you see it. Okay. And Tom Paris's dad, Admiral Paris, is also the admiral at Sequest. So, I mean, that guy gets around. The guy who played it or just his name? The guy is who Paris? played it. Oh, wow. Interesting. Who I also always confuse with the head of the Phoenix Foundation in MacGyver, but it's not the same guy. Anyway. Very good. Andy, Matt. that was lovely. Um, we're oh, done back to what I was saying, though. Yes. Uh, I, I, I just I wish there was a way to just lock in these Patreon uh, topics. Like I really like the groove we're in over in Marveling. We're enjoying Marveling. We're uh, enjoying Discovery. Uh, uh, we're done with Discovery now because that was it. We, we're done was, with that. That was what the episode. people. That was what the people decided. Right. Um, but like, it's a little like. Uh, Hey, what's next? How do I? What do I? How do I? How do I deal with that? But aren't you? Weren't you enjoying Discovery? Or you feel like you're? What's your take on it? 
I thought you were like, hey, you know what? I could really enjoy this, but now I'm not sure. Oh, getting like just just doing Discovery. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine locking it into either just Discovery or the Orville or alternating back and forth every week. All um, right, I'll just I'll just put Discovery, Sequest, and uh, Orville. Sequest. I yeah. mean, look, Sequest pilot on the lieutenant's level. Sure, before we put that out there, for okay. sure, be sure we can find it somewhere to watch. Fair, yeah. Um. All right. Uh, well, we're done with the uh, president circle. Oh my god, that's us. so fantastic! Before yeah. we uh, leave the president circle, I just yes. want to say a special hello to uh, not even a lieutenant. I'm going to call him an ensign. Okay, Nicholas. Uh, Nicholas Hydem uh, Smith, you sir have been supporting the Patreon at a dollar a month for for the entire time we've been doing the Patreon, oh, which nice. tells me that you want to support us and that is what you feel comfortable with and we would feel comfortable right now saying thank you thank you sir look at that you didn't have to send us 17 cents eight months ago and email andy and say he forgot no (laughs) although you probably would have enjoyed it (laughs) all right guys we're gonna head right out of here into the hallway we gotta get this thing started it is time to beam ourselves over because the too many doors. I've decided a site-to-site transport is in order. Ah, uh, we got that synced up again, huh? Captain, we are being hailed. Shorty rigged it up for us. That's very nice of him. Um, all right, the hail bag is open, guys, and uh, our uh, we have a, a couple of voice hails today, which I know you always enjoy. Um, I like them because they're not my voice. Yeah, and then I can tell when Andy's reading or not. Um, and uh, the first one is from Brandy in Tennessee. Hey, guys. This is Brandy from Tennessee. I love the podcast. I have a recommendation that I think it would really enhance it. Um, if I remember correctly, y'all watch Trek on Netflix, which is cool. I've done that a lot, too. But I really prefer to watch on Amazon Prime because it has this amazing trivia, um, just the sort of thing that you guys would love. Um, it calls out references to other episodes, uh, movies, Trek, and otherwise, um, books, literature, goofs by the writers, goofs by the cast and crew. Um, it tells you what else guest actors are in, which is really cool. Um, you know, it explains how scenes refer to canon in various ways. It's just really fun. Um, and I know that there is trivia on the podcast from various sources, but I really enjoy how this trivia pops up just at the relevant scene. And Andy, um, for you and the other listeners, the other two listeners that don't like spoilers, <laughs> um, <laughs> if there is spoilers, if there is a spoiler in the trivia, it'll pop up like red alert or it says like spoiler alert in big red letters. So perfect. Perfect for Secunda. I personally love the spoilers because I love to hear references to other episodes in the me podcast. Too. But that's I understand insanity. your perspective, buddy. She likes to hear me um, forward. Yeah, like, but I really think that it could complement the podcast. Things, it has certainly contributed I mean, to my personal I haven't seen it, so it's out on Star Trek. I love I've done guys. it many times. You haven't even noticed I'm because you haven't. So that's fine. I'm catching as long as I so, noticed. Matt, I loved you first on After Trek. Oh, thanks. Um, when I sought out what else you were into, I found the podcast. Oh, so y'all very keep doing Thank you, Brandy. Amazing, and have a good one. I gotta say, I'm probably have a minor obsession with accents and uh, that's why i always drift toward the uh, the voice hails that are someone with an accent oh come on man you can't discriminate just because someone who calls with a with like a dead a, center midwest accent a, 
perfect uh, like a totally perfectly enunciated so like if it's like a, James Earl Jones hmm. called in what's it called a mid-Atlantic accent yeah yeah uh, James Earl Jones. No, yeah, the, well, sure. No, no. James Earl the Jones. Mid, called. The Mid Atlantic. Isn't the Mid Atlantic that that TV that movie accent from the forties? Right. Yeah. Isn't that sort if of someone called him that? I'd be accent? like, that's amazing. Oh yeah. I don't know. I'm sure it's just because I'm so good at accents myself that I, you know, I just like I drift toward because it's like me learning. Like now I can say goose. Yeah. And like, I mean, people go, oh, that guy's from Tennessee. What I love about Andy is that uh, if an accent's drifting in and out on a movie, he'll let you know. <laughs> I can I can hear when other people are doing an accent as badly as I do. That that is a skill I have. And uh, here's one, Matt, yeah. that I think you will find particularly interesting. Alrighty. Hey guys, it's Bailey from Lowell. Nice. I'm freezing. Um, so I was listening to you talking about the guest star from the most recent Star Trek episode and how she was from Lowell. And I thought you'd be interested to know that Scott Grimes of the Orville also hails from Lowell. What? So, yeah. Go Lowell. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I'm freezing. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll have a lot to talk to him about. You can become best friends with him. Uh, when I go work on the Orville. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, how do you think? Oh we'd... my God, he is 1971, Lowell, Massachusetts. That's crazy. Um, Party of Five, Scott Grimes. Oh, he's the voice of the. Uh, I wonder what it's going to be. Son on American Dad. There we go. Son on American Dad. Very good. Um, well, that's probably that's how uh, um, McFarland knows him. That's probably they came fast friends. Yeah, certainly wasn't from his uh, starring role in Critters. Um, was he in the original? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Um, oh, the, he, he started working a year after I was born. That's why we didn't cross over. Scott, you look great for a man of 48. Yeah. Right. Um, our last one is from Lieutenant Jeff Mullins, uh, who has been crushing it on the Instagram. I am now midway, not even really midway. I like how you gave our login info to not me huh <laughs> you gave our login info to not me what are you talking about you're saying he's crushing it on the instagram i did he's not posting it i'm i'm oh, posting it for him i see i see yeah i'm not crazy i'm not gonna what i'm gonna, I'm gonna that actually would be hilarious <laughs> if i gave it the, to everyone except you <laughs> it must be very funny to me that you did would do that <laughs> no i didn't do that i'm posting it myself pretty soon matt will have have access to the Instagram. It's up to you. Join the Patreon. It was agreed. Um, All right, what's Patreon next? Hits, whoa. Uh, anyway. <laughs> they know. 500. It's 486 anyway, right now. Anyway, check it out. Uh, I'm halfway through season two. Um, I don't think I'm going to make it. Andrew, you're the one with the heart out. We got to go. Matt singing T, Earl Grey Hot from Jeff Mullins. Per your request <laughs> in season two, episode 11. He knows that because he's been digging into old episodes to, to help me out. Uh, Contagion. He does these cut downs that are great of the episodes with images. They're beautiful. Here's Matt singing a song about tea. We think uh, season two, episode 11 is the first time Picard orders tea. Unfortunately, the replicator makes flowers for him uh, instead of tea. And here, ladies and gentlemen, it is. First time for tea, oh, gray hot. It's the greatest drink in the galaxy. If you guys want that as your ringtone. Kind of delightful. 
First time for tea, oh, gray hot. It's the greatest drink in the galaxy. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good song. Kind of nailed it. You know what? Copyright Matt Myra 2019. 17 um, probably is when actually that happened. <laughs> Who knows how long ago it was. <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a voice L you'd like to send out to us, it's 816-TREK-TNC. Our Instagram and our Twitter is at Star Trek TNC. Gentleman across from me is at Matt Myra. My That's Instagram, true. That's uh, true. And he's both on Instagram and uh, Twitter. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. Patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC for bonus content. If you want to send us anything, it's Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. Email us to let us know or send direct hails to sttncpod at gmail.com. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your hail bag. Frequencies close, sir. All right, everybody. It's uh, talking about the nth degree, which, which is actually called nth degree, not the nth degree. Production number 193 aired April, the week of April 1st, 1991. Nice. Andy. Matt. It's a spoiler that I already know the number one song, but what was happening in the world according to Matthew Kirk? Well, Matt. Coming Out of the Dark by Gloria Stefan was again popular amongst oh U.S. My audiences. God, can you believe it? I, just, I had it queued up and then I completely misjudged where that was. You did. I'm surprised this hung in that long. I didn't have a strong memory of it. In the U.K., The One and Only by Chesney Hawks was on top. Cold Fire by Dean Kuntz was a bestseller, and T- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 maintained its box office dominance. For secret a of the Ooze. Is that the one? Yep. What was the secret of the Ooze, Matt? Uh, the secret of the Ooze was that um, it's inside of you all. Mm. I made that up. Sounds similar to Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Legendary American modern dance choreographer Martha Graham died at the age of 96. Um, pitcher Dwight Gooden. Mm-hmm. Um, signed a new three-year, $5 million contract with the Mets. Uh, Comedy Central Channel was launched. Wow, was then? Uh, in its current format, the channel was a result of two competing services, Comedy Channel, owned by Viacom, and Ha, owned by HBO. And I don't know which one had this ad, but I remember it had the most forced comical voice that at the end said, Call your local cable company! I was like, all right, he's easy. <laughs> Time Magazine's feature uh, covered uh, on the cover, a man face down on the ground with a policeman's foot on his neck and the caption, Law and Disorder, Why Cops Turn Violent. <laughs> we'll that is, figure that out eventually. <laughs> yeah, not today, but hopefully soon. And that is your This Day in Trek. Oh, well, Gloria, thanks for taking us in. I'm going to take us out now. Uh, Okay, Andy, I'm going to read a little description here. This is uh, directed by Robert Legato, written by Joe Minoski. Sent to repair malfunctioning Argus Array telescope, the Enterprise discovers an alien probe near the installation. An energy surge from the probe knocks out LaForge and Lieutenant Barkley, who have been sent to study it from a shuttlecraft. When they come to, both officers seem to be fine, but Barkley soon begins making leaps of insight and showing abilities he never had before. He describes how to destroy the probe when it grows dangerous, and then how to fix the telescope in a fraction of the time it would normally need. A scan of the lieutenant's brain tissue reveals an under... <laughs> I love that 
jump. Uh, he's too smart. We better scan his brain tissue. Uh, <laughs> underlying psychological reason for his new abilities, he is rapidly evolving into the most advanced human ever seen. The crew is edgy around his new powers, but Barkley seems innocent enough. Then the telescope's reactors begin to fail rapidly, and even Barkley is stymied. Just as the installation is about to explode, the computer blinks out and then comes back online, speaking with Barkley's voice. The transformed crewman saves the installation and then propels the ship to a point 30,000 light years away. Picard now fears Barclay's intentions, but is reluctant to sever the lieutenant's link to the computer, fearing it might kill him. Suddenly, the image of a smiling alien appears. His race, the Cytherian, studies other civilizations by transforming them using the probe and then bringing them to their home system. Barclay is restored to normal as Picard agrees to be scanned in exchange for information about the Cytherians, which leads me to go, boy, oh boy, that should have been the episode. Here we go. The, the episode with of like what happens in that week and a half that they're with the Cytherians. Oh, uh, definitely, definitely. Well, I don't know if that should be in this episode because this episode also was, I th- thought, interesting. But uh, that that was, they did skip over something that's like, oh, a race that brings you to them instead of exploring outward. That's interesting. really interesting. You were like a brother to me. You remember? Uh, now we're we're, con- we're 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 I think we're conditioned here to think. summer, you would come to Burzak. Hollaback, right? But once he starts fucking up his lines, I guess that must have been intentional. The mis the misdirect, huh? Yeah, for sure. You know her in that dress. Playing near the port de Nacelle. Did he say playing near the port de Nacelle? More than a hundred. Tell me. No. <laughs> this is good, bad acting. He's good. Go. Dwight Schultz, right? Yeah. What? Let it go. Oh, let it go. Let, let it go. <laughs> let it go. You, let it go. You tell me what you were going to say. Do you dare? I do dare. I like the worst not. Worst not into it either. I don't think Worf would have been into it, uh, even if it was uh, F. Murray Abraham down there. That's fair. Riker and Troy are enjoying the heck out of it, though. Troy because uh, Barkley has made a leap in his shyness, and Riker because he's us. He's, he's making fun of it. He's enjoying how bad it is. I can't wait to do a podcast about this. Is what Riker's thinking. Promise me to be his friend. I promise. Oh. Is it I love you. a little narcissistic for Beverly to have an acting class and then put herself in the scenes? Oh, here's my guess. She uh-huh. had, everyone had seen partners. No one picked Barkley. Oh, good catch. Good. Hang on a second. I got to give you something on that. <laughs> oh, I'm getting something, guys. Uh, I hope it's some some sort of award. Here but go. I'll settle for a jingle. Oh, it's great, Matt. I like that my logic leaps are things that just come so naturally to me. Like, I forgive so much. Yeah. <laughs> I just go, well, that's probably why. <laughs> Six weeks Six weeks? Is it a slam? Yes. I have an opening in my workshop. I love that moment. Just because it has nothing to do with anything. It's just you're now getting to know the characters. The writers are like, hey, let's give a little fun moment where she's like teasing Worf because she knows he'd never take that class. I love it. The whole show should be filled with that kind of stuff. I think that, in fairness, I think that they try to fill it with that stuff, but it's always felt forced, and that did not feel forced. 
Well, it always it depends on like uh, the scope at the very end. Who's delivering the line? It's interesting that they chose now. I, this is the longest. Well, not the longest, but so far, I think this is the longest cold open we've seen from Star Trek. This is seven and a half minutes. It is very long. I kept thinking, are we still in the cold open? Um, almost feels like you could have jettisoned that scene and started here. Federation space. But they, I felt like they were like, but we need to reestablish who Barkley is. We haven't seen him in a year. And also probably they were doing that thing we were just talking about that they wanted to start and have people go like, oh, we're in the holodeck. And then, no, it's not the holodeck. But I, don't, I agree with you that I don't think it's worth it. Relaying it. It's not the holodeck. It's 10 forward. But it's not 10 forward. It's our performance space. Yeah. Two months ago. The fusion reactors that power the array are the black box unstable. on deck 30. There's a high risk of overload. What about the computer systems? They do not seem to be functioning at all, sir. Captain, I'm picking up an unidentified device 1.8 kilometers from the array. The array looks awesome. By the, by the way. Really cool model. Sure, I, I can agree with that too. But this is your rare occasion of everybody just went... Did they have... They didn't... They didn't no one left because of a red alert, right? What do you mean? No. It's just weird that Jordy's on the bridge. It is strange that he strolls up there. It's probably an, an aspect of they know... Jordy has Jordy has a lot in this episode. So he I does, yeah. He's yeah. got. Um, I was going to say that they. It's mostly on Barkley in this episode, but he's very involved. Well, it's, you need someone to be totes jealous of Barkley. <laughs> that's great. I love that development. That's some kind of probe. <laughs> I bet that's what damaged the array. Is it emitting? No shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Signals, Lieutenant. Look at how close he's standing to Picard. Negative, this sir. guy loves Picard. Mister Ford, why not go out and take a closer look? Aye, sir. Lieutenant Barkley. Report to the main shuttle bay. Senator Barkley, report to 10 forward. Cut to. They're staring out the window in 10 forward. <laughs> Is this what he meant? I think it, I mean, it, it certainly looks closer. All right, what I do you mean, see? Is anything the, different? We're on, the part of the, we're on the part of the ship that's the closest to it. This is the closest, closest part of the ship. I don't understand what else he meant. <laughs> so... Uh, I have a technical question that you boy, can come oh boy. up with. Boy, I would also even cut this part out. The, I would I would have cut that scene out. And I would have all, delivered that entirely in a captain's log. And yeah. uh, I've sent two of my engineers to investigate. I and, think, yeah, I think that's that. a similar reason of they just wanted to touch base with the card, have everybody on the bridge. But I totally agree with you story-wise. You didn't need that. Yeah. Um, uh, here's my tech question. You can answer with whatever sci-fi gobbledygook you like. Uh, yeah, go ahead. They're doing all the scanning and such. Isn't the Enterprise's scanners more powerful than this? Well, Andy, to that point, I, I feel like the literal... I feel like it might be a literal closer look. Right. Oh, for Geordi. Yeah, although I don't yeah. know why they wouldn't just go, like, just send a probe. But may I honestly, I think it's like, fly towards it. See what happens. <laughs> it seems a little dangerous. My ship's... It's dangerous as proved by what happens to Barkley. My ship's too big. You go. <laughs> Okay. Enterprise, this is Shuttle 5 in position, ready to begin a short-range scan. Proceed, Shuttle 5. It's Red, definitely... we begin with the passive high-res series, all right? Electromagnetic band? Give it a try. I'm picking up visual wavelengths only between 4,500 uh, and 7,000 angstroms. Let's try the neutron densitometer. I like that he's also... It's a very nice, subtle choice that he he played the 
the acting scene like Barkley, all nervous. But now that he's with Jordy, it's like, yes, he has come a little bit ways. He's still Barkley and he's nervous, but he's interacting in like a 15% more comfortable way. I like that development. And it's also a good performance by Schultz. When is it not? I mean, sometimes it's... Captain's log fraud. <laughs> An intense energy surge from the alien probe severely disabled the shuttle's by, onboard computer. By the request. Has been transported yeah. Directed to sick bay where Lieutenant Bartley remains under observation. Kaworf is talking to Jai somebody, Ensign Jai. Energy source data. People have commented on her being in many episodes. No, sir. I mean, eagle-eyed viewers of anything can see the same background people everywhere. Sure. So... I think there's, but I think there's like somebody sent me a YouTube thing of, uh, of her being in like uh, tens and tens of episodes. Not match any known radiation patterns. We have not encountered this technology before, sir. Very well. Isolate the probe and place it in tow. We'll take it to Science Station 402 in the Kalan system. Captain, the probe has begun to move. It is approaching the Enterprise. Shields up. Aye, sir. I've never heard that sound effect before, by the way cool that like that it. sound effect of shields up yeah they've n- i've never played they've never i don't i don't think you ever hear it again no it's like but why doesn't i mean am i crazy you'll tell me listeners uh i feel like the sh- shields should always make that sound it's a cool sound there was right. enough energy in that flash to overload your optic nerves it knocked you unconscious my visor must have filtered it out. Exactly. But there was no apparent retinal damage, and the cornea looks fine, but I'm still waiting for a full zero. Here's what it is, right? Okay. Jordy's just bummed that his disability prevented him from, prevented becoming, him from becoming the genius who's cool with women. Okay, is, yeah. It is interesting. He is, he, he's a, is a different side of the coin to, to uh, Barkley. Like, Barkley's just a worse... Well, but Barkley's living more, all of his dreams, right? He's, well, he's Not now. only is he now good with women, but he's also part of a machine. Uh, oh, so true. <laughs> I'd like he's... As as Damn it! He's basically getting to merge with a machine physically. You shouldn't have to wait too long for the results. What do you mean? Couldn't you use a global mode in your scanner? It would be a lot faster. That's not possible. We're talking about human cells here, not isolinear circuits. I think you better stick to engineering, Lieutenant. A cell has an... <sighs> Do you think that's how she talked to people when she went back to the uh, Starfleet Med School for a year? During uh, season two? <laughs> no, but now she actually knows how to be a doctor. Faster. The clone is replaced That's her. not possible. We're talking about human cells here, not isolinear circuits. I think you better stick to engineering, Lieutenant. A cell has an electromagnetic signature, just that as a genius didn't does. teach him how to modulate his voice. Theoretically, it should work with just a few adjustments. Barkley had an idea. Sound the alert. I mean, what is what is he thinking there? What is Jordy, Jordy like? Jordy is doing a double take. Yeah, I mean, is it like... I guess it's just that, is it just that was out of character. Is he just like, boy, that's weird. Or is he more like, ah, that would work. Yeah. I should steal that idea. He's definitely reacting like that. Beverly's just like, I don't know, that's, that's nonsense. Yeah. So, who knows? Men withdrawal to a safe distance. Ensign and I are full about. Half impulse. One half impulse. 
That's Ensign Anaya. We only yep. see her in this episode. Page long, everybody. Yeah, she works consistently up till the present day, but no, no second up, up till you have you. Are you saying her career is over today? Yes, and then uh, today it ended. There was a big party. <laughs> she was she was sent out of show business. Way to go, Paige Long! You did it. A um, career but, up until present day. But she, uh, yeah, she's um, uh, she had no second claim to fame. Sorry, Paige. But here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. Generally, always an ensign at helm. Um. Okay. I'll 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 agree. So. Well, the series of Ensign Rager and all the other people. Yeah, but are I all mean, Jordy was a Lieutenant Junior Grade in season one. He but then they went to Wesley Crusher. Yeah, who was an acting ensign. ensign. Yeah. So my question to you is: Wouldn't there be higher lieutenants that would be at the helm of the flagship? Uh, you know, I think when you're dealing with the position of, uh, I think it's a tradition, sort of going back to. Chekhov, in that you always need a young, inexperienced person on the bridge. Now, do they ever really invoke that dynamic after Crusher leaves? No. Uh-huh. But it was a dynamic that occurred on TOS after season two with uh, Chekhov. And, uh, you know, I think it's sort of that mentality. And also, I think that once you introduce someone of a higher rank that sits in the front of the ship, uh-huh. behind the captain I think the fans then want to know this person like why how, what's that oh, they're who's, keeping that, them who's that l- lieutenant they're like, keeping, keeping them at lower rank so they just like can be oh, swapped interesting. out interesting yeah which is probably Regular the same board. reason that they keep swapping them out so that yeah. people don't Attempting get attached now, commander isolate phasers 80 to 120 shut all the plasma to, to the, the emitters yes sir I'm already on there's also a shot of Ensign Anaya looking like she's on her last nerve when Picard tells her to do something at 1140, but you don't have to go and see it because it's a visual. Look, what is this look? Which one? That he's already on top of doing the plasma emitters. Like, it's just like, shouldn't he be like, cool. This is like a weird look to have. For Jordy. Yes, sir, I'm already on. Ready. He's thrown that he's doing such a good job. But he's a good engineer. That's he the is. Thing. That is. It is a. It is a back and forth that they play with Barkley. That they play him as incompetent and well, so he's nervous. He's never played as like incompetent. He just played as socially inept. Well, they they play his social ineptness to the degree that he screws up at his job. Like he's late. He misses stuff. He. Uh, I mean, yeah. look. Mr. Wolf, what are you gonna do? Hi, sir. It's, all, it's always like uh, the same brightness on the ship. You never know what time it is. <laughs> Nothing. Uh huh. Thanks Pro again, Cap <laughs> Commander Riker. Sure. Worf also got to shoot. Yeah, he, he looks, Worf should be more excited when he gets to fire those photon torpedoes at full spread. I think that's true, but I do think that there is a shot when he says, "I recommend a, a full phasers," and he goes, "Yes, go ahead and do it." <laughs> there is a shot of Worf just going, like, "Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I got to." Uh, not really sure how to do this. <laughs> I'm so used. I mean, to, I've re- it's been so long. <laughs> Controls have changed since the last time I was able to fire. Overloading our shields. I just thought it was Failure a rhythm we got into where I, uh, I, I say my. Uh, do you, I think we should use our full phasers or photons, and then everyone says no, and we move on. I mean, look, you turn to me. I'm going to say it's a threat. We should shoot it. I'm 
willing to entertain suggestions. That's a that's had a weird moment too. Right? That's yeah. a weird moment. I feel like I feel like Picard's having a bad day. I think that's the that's the secret story of this episode. I feel like he's got something going on in his personal life. I feel like he's stressed. I think real Picard would be like, drop us out of warp immediately. Let the thing fly by us. Uh huh. Oh, that would that be a good idea? It's chasing them. I mean, if they shut down their engines, like come to a full stop uh, from warp two, the thing's gotta have momentum. A Maverick and Top Gun move, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't have, you know, warps behind him coughing bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you could also, uh, another thing I would try to do is uh, I would evacuate everyone to the star drive section, yeah. and I would uh, separate the saucer, see which part of it it follows. You know, there's a couple things you could do. But him, uh, it's a little early, I think, for him to be going, I got nothing. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. We are dropping to impulse. Oh, I forgot that happened. Commander, war power has been transferred to the shield grid. That's Saxon Trainer. Yeah? Playing Lieutenant Linda Larson. I don't think I looked her up. Doesn't matter, I can. Yeah. Just what are, did. What are her credits? Dexter, Law and Order Los Angeles, NYPD Blue, oh, I think CSI Miami, Firefly, Hunter. Is this Netflix you're looking at or Amazon? Uh, Amazon. Oh, you were already yeah. doing the thing. <laughs> yeah, she didn't know that, though. Oh, wow. Well, uh, I feel like uh, Secundus Claim to Fame might be uh, obsolete now. <laughs> Mac could just look it up that quickly. What are you doing? Uh, this is what I don't. I know, this is crazy, too. Yeah, but who That he would say it. Barkley? Yeah, I feel like Barkley would be like, sir, I'm going to whatever. Or, I don't know, maybe this new smart Barkley knows that Jordy's not a great engineer. Well, this what is... What are you doing? There is a... Lieutenant Barkley to Captain Gives Picard. him the finger. The pointer finger, not the middle finger. The, the, uh, there is an aspect to this episode of that everyone's sort of like, well, he's fine. He's just smarter. And I'm like, he's not fine. He's being arrogant and condescending the more the more intelligent he gets which i think is just which would suggest ego a note it's a, it's a note about intelligence i think and power also the way people yield it what do you mean oh yeah sure so yeah. people come across as condescending when they don't mean to say the last part people come across as condescending when they don't mean to are you talking about someone in this room too close I'm certain the shields will hold. Mr. Forge? You mean when they're just geniuses, Matt? And they can't contain their genius? And they just, like, you know, they talk like... <laughs> let's say most of the time that they're talking when they're not uh-huh. in a room at work, they're podcasting. Sure. You know. So tonally, you're just going to be a little louder than everybody else. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's you more know, a lot subtleties. Of to a condescension that are pretty clear in a voice that uh, you know aren't just aren't just volume. Yeah, what do you know? The strength has been increased by three hundred percent. It should be enough, Captain. Mister Wall, photon torpedoes, maximum yield, full spread. This is the best day I have ever had. Yes. <laughs> That's so satisfying. Did you did you see that? Did you see me do it? We just shook. That's a cool, <laughs> cool detail. 
Thank you, Mr. Barclay. You're welcome, Captain. Barclay, out. <laughs> Shorty is a fuming. The happiness of Barclay. I just, you know, why is Jordy so mad about it? I'm sorry if I overstepped my authority. So he's still being normal there. Later on, he dispenses with those kind of polite gestures. Don't mention it. <laughs> so PO'd. I love that the, 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 uh, look, I mean, I get Jordy's opinion here because I'm a big fan of protocol on, uh, in engineering. He's in charge down there. You got to run things through by him. But what, yeah, let I, that, let the enterprise get, get screwed. That's the thing, though. You know, in an emergency situation. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know? He definitely. He definitely handled it in the least diplomatic way possible, where he's like putting his finger up to shush him. Yeah, and, and going over the captain's head, yeah. or rather over the chief engineer's head. Yeah. They're left with the difficult task of repairing the Argus telescope. Failure to do so would represent an incalculable scientific loss. Mr. Barclay, everyone's still trying to figure out exactly how you did it. Well, it, it just occurred to me that I could set up a frequency harmonic between the deflector and the shield grid using... The warp field generator is a power flow anti-attenuator, and that, of course, naturally created an amplification of the inherent energy output. Huh? <laughs> so Frakes is Frakes is just playing it dumb. Play, he's yeah, he's like, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. I'm just playing a comedic moment where I'm pretending. Uh-huh. That's great. Tell me, I was wondering. Oh, I gotta look. I don't think there is anything. Um, there's a moment he comes in this in this door smiling up a storm like he's he's really either entertained that he just played it dumb or something else happened but it's very odd look at how happy he's shaking his head i'm sure they just had a wonderful discussion on the turbo lift you join us mr barkley let's see if there's a cut you're a i don't think there is each of the telescope's subspace antenna clusters is powered by its own fusion reactor but a single computer controls them all. So all 18 reactors were affected when the computer was damaged? Mm-hmm, that's right. They're starting to overload and could eventually go critical. The explosion would destroy the array, and I wouldn't want to be next door when that happens. A standard isolation procedure would be advisable. I agree. We'll cut off each reactor from the damaged control system and repair them one by one. How long will that take? Two to three weeks at least. All right, Mr. LaForge. I don't agree. Picard's look there is so funny. Uh, what just happened? <laughs> I didn't see it. Is someone so. behind me? <laughs> what, what are you looking up? I'm looking up that moment, and uh, there's nothing that, that interesting, but there is this. It has Barclay's uh, tech stuff, and I wonder if it's the same. <laughs> it has in parentheses, in caps, tech question mark so that's clearly they, somebody the writer oh, they, marked they it have, yeah they have science people they're like no, no no somebody smarter than me fix this and uh, and then it says Riker lost him a long time ago and Riker's line is uh-huh nice job <laughs> which is not what he said he goes uh, uh-huh um I see that which I think I think is he says uh-huh makes sense I think it's I see that. Go back. Uh, I mean, I, I, you're probably right. You seem to really have... Uh, you, uh, say, you, you savored that moment like a mango grown in Tahiti. It's so subtle. I think Frank, Frank's really nailed well, it. it. I bet you Frank's came up with a, I, I see that. Frequency harmonic between the deflector and the shield grid using the warp field generator as a power flow anti-attenuator. And that, of course, naturally created an amplification of the inherent energy output. Huh? Secunda! Okay. <laughs> 
Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Real loud secunda. I don't, I don't have condescension. Standard I just outright procedure would be advisable. <laughs> dancing on the graves of my enemies. from the damage control system and repair them one by one. How long will that take? Two to three weeks at least. All right, Mr. LaForge. I don't agree. <laughs> uh oh. We could repair all of the reactors simultaneously instead of one by one. Simultaneously. Now he says one like that. Sure. Where he keeps his mouth open for a while. Just like a smarty. Like I just thought. <laughs> the attitude change is fascinating. Well, this is what I'm saying. It, he is changing just more than just becoming smart. Oh, for sure. I do think at various points in the Although, show. Although, is this his personality if he were unfettered by uh, fear? And social awkwardness. But I guess that's the thing. They imply later... Because that's what he's like in the fucking holodeck. That is... Uh, that's a really good point. But the, the they sort of imply that he becomes better in various... Oh, am I thinking of Captain America? I think I'm thinking of Captain America, which we just watched on the Patreon. Um, they don't say that he becomes better in various ways. They just say he becomes smarter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then it's interesting. He becomes smarter gains confidence and instantly becomes kind of a dick but i think he like he what he plays here is very much that guy in 10 forward in the holodeck the first time we meet him who punches Riker. definitely so i think that his intelligence now has somehow given him the confidence to move beyond the social aspect and we are seeing the real barkley <laughs> but that would that would terrify me much earlier than these people are scared. I think that you can make the argument of like, well, he's fine. He's just being smarter. He's being helpful. But I'm like, I feel like there are a lot of red flags immediately. There were red flags when they found him in the holodeck. Well, those were not... <laughs> what not, are you saying Those here? were not ship-threatening You're red flags. You're saying that they should be terrified right here? N- no, but as soon as he starts doing things that show, okay, he's had a huge shift in intelligence, and he's acting like a dick. This, but I'm saying he's acting... Like he would always act if he had social confidence. Ooh, this is how sure. he pretends to be on the holodeck. When I he agree has with no you. social awkwardness. But they're not that familiar with that. No, but we are as viewers, right? And I'm, I'm just, just saying, as, as a character, I'm just talking about how the crew reacts to him when they determine that he's a threat or not, mm. or that there's something worrisome. They still don't think he's a threat. I know. I'm saying maybe they should have decided it earlier. That he is not? That he is. Oh, I don't think he is. Well, I mean, we know that because we see where he goes, but... But there were other versions of the story where I think he was a threat. In the script? Yes. Not in the script, but in other versions of the script. Oh, yes, of the script, yes. Not entirely. The core memory is still intact, and we could program a completely new control system. An interesting suggestion, Lieutenant. However... That approach would require much more time than our original plan. At least seven weeks. I could have it ready for you in two days. What? Because <laughs> everyone's acting like they're... Idiots? I don't know. Everyone's <laughs> acting like... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> They might be trying to downplay everybody else to make him seem smarter. That's the that's the my Picard problem. one no, is the most. No one is mix. existing. No one is existing as they normally do. Yeah, everyone I, is shifting. I actually think it would have been stronger to have everyone 
being their smart selves and just have him overruling them anyway. Whereas they all seem a little bit befuddled about what to do, and then he comes up with a solution. I think we're in the holodeck still. <laughs> you think this is all... Uh, I think this is all Barclays. That would be amazing. If you could assist me in the morning, Commander. <laughs> sure, Rich. Be a great reveal. Well, I mean, that... if like halfway through they you, you pulled back and the rest of the crew was like he's still trapped in there. If we pull him out of there, he's going to die. And like he did something to wire himself permanently into the holodeck. Troy becomes useful again because <laughs> there's no reason why making someone smarter makes them a better actor. I mean, Brad Pitt's by all accounts not the most learned book smart gentleman on the planet but he's a great actor see I always get the sense that Brad Pitt was smart hmm. doing a lot of charitable things and that doesn't mean intelligence I don't know I've seen him in interviews what he's, I'm saying is I don't be think putting he up could an act, fix but he's a very cascade good at failure on an array <laughs> he's not engineer smart My but I don't understand paradise. why that now makes him a better actor <laughs> I shall find the oh I see what you're saying I love. oh I got gotcha. you I think it's Galileo and when I arrive, they will question my worthiness. What the devil is he doing there among us? Philosopher, scientist, poet, musician, duelist. Here lies Hercule Savignan, the Cyrano de Bergerac. Is it just that the confidence, once you pour the confidence on this guy, then he becomes a better actor? And it's not so much about the intelligence? Well, that's back to my thought of this whole story actually not being about intelligence, but being about confidence. Right. Although, if you're super brilliant, can't you make choices that are smarter as an actor? Oh, we're like, now, what are we talking about? More delving into the backstory, into the motivation, into the... So now we're talking about... Into the, into the technique. The character of Barkley, not Dwight Schultz. Correct. Because right now Dwight Schultz is acting as a character who is acting better than he did before. Better than he did before. Like that's got to be a weird thing to play <laughs> as an actor acting. Like yeah. you have to play an actor acting. Sure. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward. He's playing a bad actor before. He's playing a good actor now. Straightforward to you. I mean, look at Gates. I would not have you weep any less for the charming good and handsome Gates really grounds it here I only ask this it's a tough scene that has the great cold well, you've got a sweater bones, that's the same color as your um, uniform. division uniform <laughs> I mean come on <sighs> so I you know I guess do you think it's still a regulation uniform <laughs> yes it's that sweater drinking tea just like Picard that's what smart people do is it Earl Grey? Who knows? Is it chamomile? May I join you? Well, of course, please. Sit down, counselor. Like, look at this. Like, look if at the way Earl Grey, he's acting. He probably this pressed is... this button on the uh, replicator. First time for tea, Earl Grey hot. It's the greatest drink in the galaxy. Okay. Great song. Someone out there needs to add music to that. Hard at work. I'm getting prepared for tomorrow's meeting in engineering. We're planning our repair strategy. <laughs> really I being really cocky about it. It's crazy. Yeah. You're a very forgiving audience. Not at all. Tim being self-deprecating like an intelligent person. I thought you were brilliant. 
Now he's being cocky, like a dumb guy. You've changed. No, no, no. Is that was sheepish right there. It was sheepish, yes. Ooh, Fake sheepish. No, it's true. I can't explain it. In the past few days, I've found confidence. I never knew it was there. Intelligence or confidence? What are we doing here? I think it does, it does say at some point that it changes him in other ways besides intelligence. Intelligent Barkley also not on time. Well, he's... It's because he's a genius. That's why I'm Where's Lieutenant late. Barkley? I stopped by his quarters on my way over. He's working on important things. She stopped by his quarters. Oh, she's already s- sniffing around. Because I bet off screen, yeah. they ha- had, a, had a tryst after that shield 300% situation. Oh, she probably ran up to him and was like, how did you do that? And then he was confident, swarthy Barkley. That's like the engineer version of, of, of being a quarterback that just won a game. Yeah. Nice. He wasn't there. I mean, Barkley is wooing everybody. I bet even Riker slept with him during this episode. <laughs> Computer. That's why he was smiling in, the, in that, in that scene where he comes into the conference room. They just made out in the hallway. G D. So it is. I still don't see how you're going to incorporate quantum principle into general relativity without adjusting the cosmological constant a lot more than you're doing. I gotta say, it but seems like Einstein's pace of thought and uh, and dialogue is slowing Barclay down in the scene. I would say he's a bad, the possibility he's a bad of collaborator. Dimensions instead of ten. I don't think I could deal with that. I certainly could not. <laughs> if the semi said curved into the subatomic the infinities might cancel each other out here's my main problem with this go ahead this is what these doors sound like in the holodeck deliberately by people who would probably masturbate in there who designed the doors they deliberately made every single door that opens up into a holodeck sound like this Now, I buy it if Jordy had popped in and this happened. You know, maybe so deep in thought he doesn't hear it, but. Or do you think he knows Jordy is there, doesn't give a shit, just keeps going? I have a more important question, Matt. What's that? If you're in the holodeck. Yeah. And you're having sex with a holodeck person. Yeah. Is that masturbation or is that sex? It's not sex. It's, you're, it's just like it's like I, I would assume any sort of uh, additive device would be family podcast. Andy, we can't get too graphic. <laughs> Food for thought. Gross God, say just night. <clears throat> oh, Batty here. We had a meeting at O seven hundred. I'm sorry, Commander. Thank you, Professor. Uh-huh. End program. It's being polite to the friggin fake person and now he says program oh, yeah. instead of program yeah because that's smart, smart people, people say program program <laughs> oh boy jordy when are you gonna get over this to consult with the computer about some quantum electrodynamic calculations a holodeck einstein program seemed like the best way i guess i went a little overboard a little most of the stuff on that blackboard was way out of my league and yours too not really I just haven't told along those... Yours, too, because I'm smarter than you. And I know that it's out of your league. Since before, it's all really pretty evident now, and if you would have put your mind to it, I'm Rich, sure. Rich, ever want... since our running with that... 
at one thought, which is, I thought it would be hilarious if when he went into and saw uh, him with Einstein, if instead he was talking to Brahms. <laughs> oh, man. He would have taken a swing. Leah Brahms. Bro, something's different. Leah Brahms was giving him the same speech. Because I'll, I'll be with you always, Barkley. <laughs> Reg, where'd you get that program from? <laughs> I designed it. The crew, the confidence just in what I made I'm doing. sense. You just spent the entire night arguing grand unification theories with Albert Einstein. Yes, but Reg, something's happened to you, and we can't ignore that. Old you would I be in there making fun of Wesley, the person I've always wanted to be. Do we have to ask why? Yeah, I think we do. Because it's getting under my skin. It's bothering me. <laughs> so far, you've hurt no one. <laughs> I outrank you. Incredible. You got big brains. The brain. production of neurotransmitters <laughs> in your brain has jumped by over 500%. Pre and post synaptic membranes have increased permeability to match it. I couldn't even guess at your IQ level. By the way, I just want to Probably point out that there is no patient pro- doctor confidentiality in Star Trek. Oh, yeah, it's so, so true. So whoever brings you to sickbay hears everything. <laughs> Everyone, come ar- join around. 1450. But that isn't all. That, 1450 seems insane. What, to have an IQ that high? Yeah. yeah. Like, what is it? High IQ is, what, like 200 or something? Sure. It's like... It's like genius? genius. All genius levels, like... 135 or something? I don't know. Whatever, which is why I'm not on that scale. But uh, the point is... I mean, remember when um, Q says that he has an IQ of about 3,000? Yeah, I thought that was insane, too. Yeah. So, this is half of that. Genius is like 140 to 145. He's half a Q. Why can't you let him be as smart as half a Q? Because I feel like at that point, you've got, if you were literally like seven times smarter than any other human, you're not even engaging in these conversations. What are you doing? I don't know. You're doing what he does at the end. You're plugging into a computer and ignoring everybody. That's just out of nowhere, though. He's still got the tact of someone who was maybe just a genius before. Maybe. It seems like he would, it seems like every conversation would just be the worst. Here, a, I'm not going to dispute that. Both it's only my dumbness that keeps so me keeps me polite and charming. <laughs> well, so it's not hey, just raw intelligence we're talking about here. Can't take my charm no. away from me. I am super charming. Resourcefulness, Even inspiration, imagination—they've all been enhanced, Lieutenant. You could very well be the most advanced human being who has ever lived. Yep. Nodding. What a douchebag. Makes sense, and Jordy's not happy about it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that I alien. I was the most advanced it, person who ever lived. To know more about the internal workings Except of the Enterprise than anyone else on board. The question is, how are we going to deal with it? We could confine him to his quarters. How can we do that? What's he done? I mean, we're talking about locking a man up for being too smart. If he's been influenced by an alien, wouldn't that put us all at risk? Not necessarily. It might be something as simple as an allergic reaction to a bee sting. Has Mr. Barclay done anything that could be considered potentially threatening? No. He's been kind of a dick. Well, he did make a pass at me last night. Oh, we kind of skipped over that a little bit. A no, one. we didn't. We watched some of it, but I feel like her turn at the end of that scene was really aggressive and fast. Oh, I feel like we don't have to watch it. I, I, I just, I'm just saying. I feel like it's basically 
well, maybe she's sensing who he is inside and she's attracted to that because he basically just does one cool thing and then talks to her with a little more confidence and she's suddenly all over it. Well, she also did just see him act. <laughs> you think that was the turning point? <laughs> don't you make people go watch your shows? No, I don't. It hardly can. Oh, well, if you had more confidence. That probably is true. <laughs> Is that a threat? No, but it's certainly unusual behavior for Barclay. She also There's said it was a good else, one. Captain. I like yeah. that. I he like that she made the distinction of like, he made a pass at me. It wasn't, wasn't weird. It was good. I don't know Barclay played the violin. He didn't. Not until last night. Look, if we want to save the array, we need Barclay. Now are you not buying it still? Come on. He's doing something in the, the data. It would have taken data six, seven to eight weeks to do this thing. Tro- the, yeah. Buying Troy's interest in him? No, no, no. Oh. This Barkley thing about the 1400 IQ. Like, programming I, the array, he can do it in two days. Data would have taken seven to, ten, seven to ten weeks. No, the actions of intelligence, I believe, it's the dynamics with the other people that seem like they would change much more if you were that much smarter. Uh, but wouldn't you just want to... figure out a way to get all your thoughts processed correctly and wouldn't that be bouncing around thing to thing sure I, that part I get it's just the I don't know it just feels like it would Commander LaForge I don't know maybe I'm wrong go ahead Lieutenant we're having trouble containing reactor 9 sir it's starting to change I'm on my way and in that scene by he the way I love when he, she says he made a pass at me I love Beverly's bemused reaction I think they're killing it with Beverly's characterization in this episode just like really nice and or maybe it's maybe it's Gates that she's just sort of finally feeling like confident to play Beverly you know that it's sort of a reverse of no I guess actually McCoy was bemused too mm-hmm. he was just more sarcastic and aggressive but Beverly just sort of being bemused by Worf and and this this thing with Troy, I, I, I like that. So. I think some of that's Joe Manoski too. Oh yeah, I, I, Joe's a very good Star Trek writer. There you go. Uh, very good with character too. Um, which is why you get little moments like the moment Forge. here when go ahead, Lieutenant Riker goes out and We're asks Troy about the past. Nine, sir, it's starting to change. I'm on my way. You said he made a pass at you, but you failed to mention whether he was successful or not. It's a great moment. <laughs> card does not care (laughs) he's busy on his computer i guess it just people are constantly dating each other on the ship the way they're acting handsome stand by for a jump to warp two yes sir the point you've got 10 minutes mr warp red alert that'd be so tricky (laughs) date someone and it doesn't go well and then you're trapped out in space with them forever (laughs) should probably just stick to the holodeck yeah where you're either masturbating or having sex with an imaginary person. Critical. Go to manual. I'm attempting that, sir, but... There's not enough time. Get Ensign Raker back in here. I'm attempting that, sir, but can't you hear the button? It's making the sound that it doesn't want to do anything. Beep, beep. Computer is coming back online, sir. Captain. The Argus reactors are shutting down. We are no longer in danger, sir. Cool. What happened? <laughs> Picard should get a negative M- MVC. Jordy, what did you do? Rating in this episode. It wasn't me, sir. Computer. 
How will the Argos reactor shut down? A neural interface was created to expedite repairs. Barkley! <laughs> Did you Riker? make a pass at Troy? Riker is, in this episode, played as the dumbest human being to ever set foot. <laughs> He's Woody. He's got nothing going on. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, he does that scene. And then, you know, Barkley says the... Uh, I could do that in two days. And he goes, what? Yeah. And then it, the next scene is like, he made a pass at you. What was it? He didn't say we were successful. And then this one, he's like, Barkley? I kind of like that. I kind of like that <laughs> color on him. Computer, respond. Seems like he never did a... Oh, maybe he did. He never did a comedy after Star Trek. I think he would have been great on a sitcom. I keep trying to get him in to direct one of our shows. I didn't mean as an actor, but yes, as a director, he would be great. Do any alarm? It was necessary in order to secure the array. Barkley. <laughs> like if you read his lines on a like just a sheet of paper, and you had all of all of Jonathan Frakes' lines in this episode, let's see them. They probably don't add up to four sentences, four full sentences. Yeah, and they're all they all have exclamation points <laughs> yeah. on them. My body Incredulous. Is, what? But uh-huh. Let's see. They react. Riker particularly raises an eyebrow. This is to the he made yeah. a pass at me last night. Um let's see. As the others begin to leave, Riker moves next to Diana with a twinkle in his eye, no jealousy intended. That's interesting. That's about the past too. From what you get ten minutes. Huh. Yeah. What? No, no description, no internal reader. That's it. That was Barkley. Yeah. And that's just, that's, there's no, that's just with a question mark. He's got nothing to He's do. He's putting a lot of sauce on him. Uh, you know what? Because he doesn't have a ton to do, and I think that the sauce is welcome. Yeah. Much of my higher brain functions and memory have been transferred to the starboard computer core. Mr. Barkley, remove yourself from the computer system. Leave the holodeck. If I was on, if I was on the set and the lasers weren't hitting his head all hitting his head you know these beep, beep, the lasers that you're hearing at home yeah. uh, uh, there's one laser that is off target by a lot I would have made them stop mm-hmm. and fix the light laser it has bothered me since I was a child <laughs> literally it has bothered me since I was a child fair I created an interface that communicated my thoughts directly to the central processing unit it's exactly. funny. What does that mean? That he's saving energy by not using his mouth to talk to them, but he's still looking around the room and shooting meaningful looks. <laughs> my body is as you see it here, but much of my higher brain functions and memory have been transferred to the starboard computer core. Mr. Barkley. Even the one that's going straight remove down? Remove yourself from the computer system. Leave the holodeck. I'm afraid I can't do that, sir. And why not? My primary cerebral function. Yeah, maybe that's what it was that always bothered me. Is that one that's going straight almost down? Almost entirely from within. Yeah, it the might computer. be intentional. They have expanded to such a degree that it would be impossible to return to the confines of my human brain. Any attempt to do so would mean my death. Now it's the. God, I wish I had. I wish I was at an Avid machine. <laughs> Get it? Can't do it. Can't show you the one I'm talking That's about. That's it. I've disconnected the audio and visual pickups. I like this it detail. It without being monitored by the computer. 
Oh, your com badges are all on. Barkley. <laughs> it is now almost impossible to tell where Barkley ends and the computer begins. At first I thought He's deck actually eight, rewriting but... the isolinear chips each time he extends himself a little further. Like how do we get him out of there? I guess this is where you get into an area and I have this pet peeve in many things where they're supposed to be fighting a super genius. It's like if he's really that much smarter and he, then he'd become that much exponentially smarter, he would see every single thing that they could think to do a million miles ahead. And he, he does figure it out in time to stop them, but I feel like he would know immediately. Unless he's too busy exploring the new possibilities of his brain. He's distracted. Yeah, I think so. Oh, would a person with that much capacity situation. be distracted? I have no wish to harm him, but I cannot allow Mr. Barkley to continue to act as the computer. I don't care how smart he is. It weirds me out. Lieutenant Barkley has not super yet extended smart. himself into the engineering <laughs> subsystems. It may be possible to establish an ODN bypass directly to the bridge. The old that still won't give us control of the ship. No, but it would give us access to the propulsion systems, enough to get us to the next star base. How long would it take to set that up? A few I, hours. If I had Barkley, I could do it in minutes. I could sell. Data's like, I could do it in 12 seconds, but... <laughs> I was thinking no it should be Data that does this. Making it Jordy because he has yeah, a relationship right. with him, but I thought you would be in your quarters. No, I'm uh just catching up on some work, you know. That uh, level three diagnostic we talked about. How are you doing? I wish I could convey to you what it's like for me now, what I've become. Yeah. Try. I can conceive almost infinite possibilities and can fully explore each of them in a nanosecond. I perceive the universe as a single equation, and it is so simple. I understand. You understand? Everything. <laughs> Your jealousy. Deanna's boobs. Riker's stupidity. Data's lack of doing anything in this episode. By the way, Wesley's a psychopath. Also, I found that Leah Brown's program. It's hot. Cool. <laughs> In the subspace continuum. Mr. Barclay, are you responsible for this graviton field disturbance? Yes, sir. I'm altering subspace in a way that's never been conceived of before. I'm fairly certain it will allow us to travel halfway across the galaxy in a matter Mr. of... Mr. Barclay, I want you to stop this experiment for now. Captain, if you'd only allow me to... Mr. Sh- Barclay, this is a direct order. Discontinue whatever it is you're doing. I really would rather not, sir. I'm positive that you'll be pleased with the result once I've finished showing... Audio is disconnected. You may speak freely. How long before the ODN process is in place? I've been monitoring Geordi's progress. It will be operational in 17 minutes. Captain, let me go to the holodeck and try and talk to him. Sir, the subspace distortion continues to increase. So, again, Troy and Barkley, inseparable. I mean, through through season seven of Voyager, those two. Mean that their parents should let them stay in their cribs. Are we children to you now? I can see so much more than you are capable of. You should trust that. Yeah, it's that last laser that goes to the ground that has bothered me for twenty <laughs> years. 20, how, how long is this? When is this? Ninety one. 
There's a super intelligent. 28 years. This has bothered me. There's a super intelligent yeah, turtle on the floor that also is getting a laser. Show him. <laughs> uh, Captain, I brought my pet turtle on the shuttle with me. It is also super smart. Hello. I also can't be put back into my shell. It would kill me. You got it. From all of us. We don't need any more convincing. Please. He's trying to earn their respect. Obey it's weird. captain's orders. Obey, weird or, or, Stop or, or like, it makes sense. what you would do. You must I guess that me. is what I would do. And would I, would I finally win your respect then, Matt? I became a super trust genius me. and hooked my brain up to a supercomputer. I mean, it depends on where your lasers were pointing. <laughs> if, like, all of them were pointing at your head, yeah. But, like, if one of them, for no reason, was going to the ground, it would bother me. And I wonder if they did that because at one point he, like, moved his head and it hit the lens of the camera and it fucked up the film or something. And they were like, we got to point this one down. I would have just turned it off. I have to assume it was intentional. Doesn't make sense. All right, all right. It just never has made sense. Joe Manaski, if you're listening to this podcast, write in and tell me if that also bothered you. Also, tell us what's your favorite episode of this podcast. Maybe he likes the Orville ones now. (laughs) You've got to stop it. Nice, Riker. Thanks. (laughs) I wish they had made more of a meal out of uh, a, a Barkley Riker dynamic. Lieutenant, take a security team to Holodeck 3. Disconnect Mr. Barkley from the computer. Kill him. That's essentially what they're doing, right? I got it. Yeah, that is what he's saying. That's pretty heavy, huh? Yeah. But again, it is like the ship versus... Now you, security guard that's going to get your ass kicked, you go take care of this. Pew pew! Uh, they're firing phasers at his force field that he's made. Uh, they're trying to stabilize it. Worf is crawling back to uh, his his post, and then they arrive at the. Uh, That's even kind of. I was going to say it's very two thousand one y, and then even is kind of a two thousand one sting of music there. Where are we, Hanson? You think, you think 2001 is why they... Yeah, it must be. The change in what warp drive looks like in the motion picture. <laughs> or rather, when they're in that wormhole. Oh, maybe. Firing photon torpedoes. Mm, kind of has that tone in this, in yeah. this sequence. That's so stupid. That you know, sequence. the Crytherian is an adjective that is also used to refer to uh, things pertaining to the planet Venus. A hypothetical inhabitant of Venus could be referred to as a a Cytherian. A NASA technical report was titled A Theoretical Study of the Martian and Cytheria Lanospheres. We're almost 30,000 light years from where Lanospheres? We Probably. I don't have my glasses on, so and I, I would assume that Lyonospheres is not a thing that I just said. Why did I say that? Matt, am I becoming a genius through this podcast? Uh-huh. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, our heading's been altered. Approaching planetary cluster. Captain. She's got a lot of lines. All systems are back under helm control. The computer has returned to normal functioning. This is... Where are we now? I don't know. This is this is where I want to go to the Monty Python and the Holy Grail. What an eccentric performance. 
Worf wants I'll to shoot. shoot. It. I'll shoot it. <laughs> it's, it's here. Emotive. Electrochemical stimulus response. Cranial plate. Bipedal locomotion. Endoskeletal. Contiguous external integument. I wonder what their bodies look like. He's making a big deal about the bipedal I think they motion. They literally are just, just floating heads. heads. Floating heads. That's why they got to bring everybody to them. I'm Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation Starship Enterprise. I've had a bad break. hierarchical collective command structure. Who are Looking you? Looking down on him for it. Interrogative. I am interrogative. Yeah. Hi guys. Did I miss anything? And I would appreciate an explanation. I think I can help you with that, Captain. Barclay. Barclay. <laughs> that would be fatal if you left the holodeck. I owe Data ten bucks. Cytherians have reintegrated me, sir. Cytherians. The probe was designed to instruct outsiders on how to reach the system. But technologies are not always compatible. They failed with the Argus computer and with the computer on board the shuttle. But they were able to reprogram me. What do you want of us? The same as you. Mr. Barclay. You're both on the same mission, Captain. Mission? Yes, sir. The Cytherians are exploring... Kind of Picard has forgotten what his mission is. Galaxy, just as we are. Maybe he's stealing Picard's intelligence in this episode. <laughs> they bring others here. Their only wish, an exchange of knowledge. They want to know us. Look at Riga Riker smiling, getting all close. <laughs> Looks like he's about to kiss him. <laughs> Let's see how the Cytherians feel about this. <laughs> Emotive. The script was not originally written for Lieutenant Barkley. However, the producers were looking for a vehicle to help bring back the character from Hollow Pursuits. Oh, he's perfect for this. I wonder who it was for Captain's original. log, stardate 44721.9. After 10 days in the company of the Cytherians, the Enterprise has been safely returned to Federation space. Yeah. We bring back knowledge of their race that will take our scholars decades to examine. Or one Barclay for seconds. It does seem... He's apparently no worse for his experience. It's very tricky. When everybody always wants to go forward in... Um, in uh, in Star Trek, in the Star Trek timeline for whatever the next show we is. Have, we haven't done that for 20 years. So I know, but when you when they want to do that, the, the challenge is, like, theoretically, they would have come into a, at least a few races that were, like, so super advanced above ours, and then we would digest their technology and their culture and everything. And You're describing the Borg now. A little bit, but these but people are like that, too. Do. The Cytherians would share it. I guess I'm saying they that... They don't share it. They just tell them about them. Well, they gave them stuff that their scholars are going to digest for. Yeah, about the race, about the culture. I believe. I don't. You don't think, think it's they're sharing technology. the technology? No. Why not? Because I don't think it is. They. It, I don't think it behooves them to do so. Why not? Because I think that that's just how Star Trek politics work. Star that's Trek. how Federation politics. No, work. Star Trek politics. Right. What is the most? You know terrifying thing in the galaxy it's the borg because what they do is they assimilate other cultures and steal the technology and 
may say. try to make everyone homogenous, right? Yeah, but the Starfleet so, shares technology with other races to help them. That are they, no, they don't. They do it with 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 Federation post warp civilizations, uh-huh. right? People that are in a similar technological uh, sphere as them. Yeah. No giant leaps. It's not like they're going to a primitive. You know, a world where they might think Picard is a god uh-huh. and handing them a, a shuttlecraft. But what about other planets that aren't under the Starfleet rule? You think that they don't either? Well, I haven't seen it yet. You're seeing it now, the Cytherians. They're in their own galaxy. Yeah, but they interacted with them for weeks. For, for ten, ten days. days. Yeah. And you think in that ten days they were just trying to get all the tech they could out of them? I'm not. You're putting such a nefarious spin on it. I'm just saying, wouldn't the Scytherians say, and then we do this, and then we cured every ailment this way, uh-huh. and then we become floating heads in this manner, and then all that stuff, as they said, wouldn't that be a giant change in everything they know? Mm, no, I don't think they would be told how or if it would even be plausible to them. I mean, what diseases would Cytherians had that would help the Federation? You know what I mean? Nothing, maybe. You're theorizing. I feel like I'm they, theorizing in a way that Star Trek continued for 25 years after this, and n- they have to make no mention of it. This is what I'm saying, that yeah. when you're jumping ahead in the timeline of Star Trek, I'm saying that would be the challenging aspect because I believe that you would have to allow for, oh, they met those people and that that race, that planet no. that was so far advanced and then they had to take a giant jump forward. No. That just You're never occurred it. to me. Right. It's just not a thing that I would even ever consider. Okay. That Star Trek people would do. Okay. Like the Federation isn't out to do that i'm not why are you keep insisting on making it that because they're... you're always nefarious whether it's you've been made a super intelligent computer whether it's you are in starfleet you're you have always have nefarious goals like have... if you were super intelligent you wouldn't bother with people i'm a complicated individual <laughs> you're a, i have many you're shades a, you're a, you're sometimes a... i am a hero sometimes i am a villain you're a lunatic <laughs> You're a lunatic without the intelligence of Barclay. There's nothing I'm saying that is implying that Starfleet would have nefarious intentions in, in, in taking the technology that is given to them. Why is this upsetting you so well, I, I, I remember doing everything. I just don't remember how or why. How do you feel now? Smaller. Just plain old Barclay, huh? Always seems to come back to that, doesn't it? You know, almost everyone has a moment in their lives when they exceed their own limits. It's like Jeremy Lin. What seems to be impossible. The tricky part Andy's is what happens basketball references. <laughs> you almost this is my always favorite feel a era, sense of loss. Moment of basketball. Insanity. It is possible to carry something of that experience through the rest of your life in ways that you aren't even aware of now. I, uh, I think I know what you're saying. Either way, Reg, you're an important part of this crew. In fact, I could really use your help with that level three diagnostic. Sure. Excuse me, Commander, but um, I believe Mr. Barkley and I had a date scheduled for a walk in the Arboretum. The diagnostic can wait. I'll see you later. I'll get someone to cover your duty shift, I guess. I know. Jeez, Jordy. Checkmate in nine moves. That's nonsense. How did he know that there were eight previous moves? (laughs) I didn't know you played chess. I don't. 
kind of leading Barkley on there? What do you mean? I don't know. She's kind of coyly saying, we'll go on this date now. Even though now you're back to being an idiot and I'm not interested in. Boy, oh boy. Uh, I think she's... I think she's a friend and uh, a counselor, and I think that she's trying to just help Barkley be confident. I uh, get out of his shell. Not yeah. everyone on the Enterprise is fucking everything, Andy. I'm not saying they're all. Well, your everything. biggest worry seemed to be this week that um, <laughs> if you were start dating so people, hard. if you start dating people on the ship, yes, that would be awkward for you. I stand by it. Uh huh. Um, whether or not it's masturbating in the holodeck. Uh-huh. That's uh, a valid question. And why you would deal with pitiful people if you were super intelligent. Uh, I wasn't... I was, uh, I'm just saying. This, you, is your... this is everything you've done. I, th- I, feel like, I feel like we look at the source of who is putting the most negative spin on everything. Oh. And it is you. I wasn't saying the Starfleet had any nefarious intentions. And I wasn't saying that... Uh, that well, you, you, you're just like, well, if we go to the future, there's, uh, Starfleet's got to be like the Borg, right? <laughs> This is Andy Secunda, everybody. (laughs) I did not say that at all. All right. It's time to uh, give this here episode of Star Trek The Next Generation a rating, and we do that in the form of uh, an NBC, actually. Oh, boy. You really... I'm becoming so much smarter, Matt. I'm leaving you behind. Look, I'm just trying to get you out the door. Can't wait to destroy you with my massive intelligence. I mean, you're not even going to bother destroying me, is what you're saying. That's true. I'll have, I'll, have, I'll have moved on. In the vastness of space, when the going gets rough, you gave it your all. You showed the right stuff. You managed to not blow the ship to smithereens. That's why you're this week's MVC. Look, it's Picard. It's not Picard. It's got to be Jordy. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be Barkley, right? Yeah, it's Barkley. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, Jordy, you were showed up by Barkley once again, pal. How are you going to deal with that? Tough luck. Probably not well. Um, yeah, it's got to be Barkley. All right, let's move now on. Now it's time for some days. <laughs> Theory. You have a theory? Oh, uh, whoops. <laughs> he doesn't even realize. He just, do you hear? No, I, I did. I heard it. And then you, you took your shot. And then I was uh, trying to move to the next one. Your casual, I love your casual lean back as though like, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the Andy's. I think I think it, I thought to myself, oh, I'll play this one that I haven't played in a while, and I was like, oh, I haven't played it in a while because that, that one is not the right one. You haven't had a theory in a while. Uh, my last theory was about Doctor Crusher being replaced by a clone, but yeah, no, they're not. It's been frequent. a while. You, you're, yeah. you're almost theoryless at this point. Andy's Except theoryless. That you have nefarious plans for the Federation. I don't have. I'm I'm a decent Look, and pure individual. Get, the second you get a control of the Federation. Doom. Yeah. I mean, they're going to start using money again. They're As gonna... they should. <laughs> Gold press latinum for everyone. No, no. Ferengi Andy. <laughs> um, um, how many Andys? Uh, I like this episode a lot. I give it seven and a half. I think that's a reasonable rate. Let's see if Andy agrees. Let me do an internal search. Here I go. Looking internally. Processing. Processing. Light hitting every part of my head except for that one that's pointing at the turtle. Um, Yeah, it's pretty solid. 
I really like it. I'm going to give it a seven. Whoa. Half a point lower because... Um, it's satisfying. It's well run. It's well written. It's well acted. It just doesn't internally like to me. You get closer to an eight when it's like there's just some joy that is activated in me, and it's not quite up to that level. But I really enjoyed it, and I love how everything is. The happening. joy for me is activated by Dwight Schultz. Uh, he's he's really great in this, as is usually the case. And I also do like, even though I, I really feel like they leaned hard into him being a condescending dick, and that there was more wrong with him than was being attributed to him um, in terms of his behavior and the danger. Um, I like that it's sort of in an. In, it easily could have become a thing that he becomes a megalomaniac and, and it's a nefarious thing. And I like that it ends up just like, nope, he just was trying to get the Enterprise to meet up with this benevolent race and that the race wasn't threatening, that they were benevolent. And uh, and that's it. Yeah, I do like that. I would like to know more about the Syntherians. Scytherins, whatever the hell they were. Because you want their technology. No, I just you seem so friendly. And ten days in friendly town seems like a lot of time where I could have been enjoying myself. If there were more of the Scytherians, I wonder if they would just be all giant floating heads that were crowding the ship. Is that from an old episode? Not that I know of. Oh, you're saying in their own? Like you say that you're you're I'm saying if we saw those ten days, would it be like <laughs> just like, through the halls? It's just like crushing dying and trying to. Like poor giant mugs of, uh, of it's drinks a, for it's them. It's a crusher and one of their doctors <laughs> in sick bay. Yeah. Uh, see, I would watch that. All right, it's time for the trailer for Andy's favorite uh, alien is back with us. It's Cupid, everybody. Cupid. Here we go. Oh boy. Returns. I have a debt to repay. He's turning Picard into the Prince of Thieves. You're Robin Hood. And forcing him to play a real-life game of survival. This is not a mission. It's personal. This is very chance. It appears there's going to be a lady. execution. Medieval trap next time on Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's Picard's girlfriend, Vash. Is it really her? Or is it a? Yeah, it's really her. It's a, it's not a holodeck creation. A holodeck creation of Vash. Q bothered with a holodeck. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, yeah, I guess it would just be that. Um, interesting. It seems like a very, from the trailer, it seems like a very TOS deal. Oh, I think from the trailer it seems like a terrible idea. Who knows? Uh, we do, because we are the coolest people on the planet. I mean, I guess I don't know because I haven't seen it. Uh, Andy, it's time for us to head over to the United Federation of Presidents Circle to give our Federation shout-outs all right. to all of our presidents. Okay, uh, You, of course, are the most important people to us. Uh, if you join now, you can listen to last month's episode. Uh, if you want to hear us discuss Captain America, the first Avenger, for nearly three hours, yeah. much longer than the actual movie, is Andy and I fighting constantly throughout. And yet, after each discussion, we discover we just agreed with each other in the beginning. You even excised a little bit because it was such a digression. Right? I took an eight-minute chunk out because I took the chunk out, and then I hit play, and you seamlessly flowed into the exact point you were making at the beginning <laughs> of the eight-minute mark. In fairness, I believe that several points in those eight minutes I go, you, I, you understand that I'm just saying the same thing? <laughs> and I, I think you were in, uh, you were in an ornery mode. That's my theory. You think I was in an ornery mood 
um, I believe so. when we were recording at 12.30 in the morning. And in fairness, I may have been in an ordinary mood, too. <laughs> Look, you know who's not in an ordinary mood? Anyway, you took that out, so you don't have to be bothered. <laughs> well, it was just eight minutes of the same thing. I think we also had both had the same feeling. It was like, do they want to hear this? <laughs> and I don't think you do. It was fine. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of words were said. For the most part, our pointless cyclical arguments are left in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, in fact, probably don't even know where I took that out of. Mm-hmm. Nor should you have known that it was taken out in the first place. Unless but Andy likes 14. to pull back the ten forward doors. Yeah. To the behind-the-scenes action that is this show. Anyway, we're going to jump over to the uh, United Federation of Planets President's Circle. And he's gonna go do some improv. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. All right, we're gonna say thank you and a nice shout out to all you presidents out there. I'm actually gonna turn the engines up a little bit here because, uh, quite frankly, it doesn't even feel like we're on the ship it anymore. Really doesn't Let's bring this up. Oh yeah. Weird. All right, so hello to President Circle members, not presidents. Anders Peterson, Lieutenant Jeff Gannon, uh, Lynn Purdue, Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Sir Lieutenant Reginald Pennybottom, Jet yes. Jurgens. Uh, Sir, Sir, <laughs> Sir Lieutenant Colin Chaddock. Uh, Derek Atkinson. Lieutenant Matt Dillon. Uh, Matthew Cutler. Uh, Lieutenant James Curtis. Sandy Federick. Matt Schaefer. James, I'm uh, sorry, Jeff Millies. Preston Foster. Uh, Risa Kachuk. Kachuk. Tony Kachuk. Lynn. I know that name from fucking Excellent Adventure. Uh, Simon Harper. Lieutenant Stephen. Uh, Joe Dennerly. Lieutenant Linda Dilbeck. Look, it's uh, Colin McKeon, everyone. And over there is Ryan Solo. Oh, it's Gareth Chase. Hey, Seth Olson. How you doing, Brian Tier? Daniel Stranu. Sorry, Daniel Stenrud. Oh, and there's, uh, of course, Janella Jerome Robbins. Our good friend Marcus Martin. Oh, look, it's, it's Brock Kloster, everybody. Christina Peck. Oh, my God, it's Matthew Wipert. Who put his name in phonetically. phonetically? Please do it if you want it pronounced correctly. There's Lieutenant Laura, L- Lieutenant Laura Hansen, <laughs> Doug Mai, Chris Le- Leopold. Man, I am off my game. It's okay. You're good. Or I am right on my usual game. <laughs> Christopher Decaw, Marcello Vida, Andrews Marquis. I'm sorry, Andrew Marquis. Why would you be Andrews? Uh, Stephane Viano, uh, John Moorhead. Ken Campbell. Uh, Joe Sullivan, everybody. Lieutenant Michael. Uh, here's someone who's been around for quite a while. Kamal Abul Hosen. Thank you, Kamal. Thank you so much, Kamal. Adam Zani. Look at this. This phonetic spelling next to your name in Patreon is the number one way to get Andy to pronounce it right. Yeah. Benjamin Hill. Lieutenant Miriam Centeno. Oh, look, everybody. It's Peter Sheeran. Lieutenant Jeremy. Jeremy's enjoying his second month with us. Uh, Heather Nelson, how are you, Heather? Lieutenant Tony King. Tony's been with us for a while. C. D. Jesse Tuschinski. Thank you. 
Christopher Fanaghi. Oh, Christopher Fanaghi has been with us literally since the very beginning of the show. Nice. Uh, or the Patreon. And the show, really. Uh, thank <laughs> you so much, everybody. Uh, that is it for this week's President's Roll Call. Uh, if you want to join, you want to listen to us talk about uh, the pilot and the second episode of Discovery, you want to talk, you hear us review a couple episodes of the Oroville, or you want to hear us, like, I don't know, talk about Marvel movies for longer than the actual movies are, then have I got a place for you. It's the United Federation of Planets President Circle over at our Patreon page. Please support the show. Helps us uh, maintain it uh, and keep it up and actually makes us feel obliged to continue to put this out on a regular basis. So, uh, big thank you from Andy and myself. To all you presidents out there, please consider our Patreon as your New Year's resolution starting in February. Indeed. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That, check out the Instagram, too. Check out the Instagram. A lot of very funny stuff. Uh, Such you can good see stuff. Andy as though he was uh, a functional human being. Always having Paris with Jean-Luc Picard. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, all right. We are, we're out of here, buddy. And uh, I almost accidentally beamed us out by firing these phasers, which was silly. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Wrong Whoa. button. Morph would have been happy. Captain, someone fired phasers in transporter room three. I'm the one that does that. Should I go there? Disengage.